Greetings. Welcome to In Conversation with Trevor, brought to you by Heart and Soul Broadcasting Services. I go beyond the headlines and beyond the sensational. Today I'm in conversation with Tafadwa Mundicha, co-founder and director of Soul Gas Energy. If you enjoy this conversation, remember to subscribe, to like, and share. Let's get down to business. Mundicha, welcome to In Conversation with Trevor. Thank you very much, Trevor. You know, I say this all the time. Every time I meet a young man who's doing actual work to put, put, to put food on the table and advance the country, I get very, very excited. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. Thank you for creating the time. Thank you. It's such an honor. I'm an avid follower of the show, and I'm really, really honored to be here. Fantastic. Fantastic. So you, you are an entrepreneur and a renewable energy expert. You are at 27 years old. <laughs> you co-founded Solgas um, in 2015. And my question to you is why renewable energy? Where did the spark for renewable energy come from? Trevor, it's been, uh, it's been a journey. Um, I think Steve Jobs said uh, it's very easy to connect the, the dots going backwards, but it's difficult to connect the dots going forward. So now that I'm looking at, at it in hindsight, it's so much, uh, so much easier to- It makes sense. It, it makes sense. It never used to make sense. Right. Yes, yes. So, so shall we connect the dots going backward now that we're here? True. So um, the story of our soga started um, is, before I started Sorgas, uh, I used to run a company called Mamela Metals. Mamela Metals was a partnership between myself and my, my former boss. Uh, basically with Mamela Metals. Who is your former boss? Temba Shongwani. Okay. So with Mamela Metals, we used to buy scrap metal and uh, it would go into the induction furnace and then would make uh, deformed bars or what other people would like to call reinforcement steel. So this is a business that I had started after going to the, to the Canton Fair in China with a friend of mine. Um, and that trip was also funded by my, former, by my former boss. And my former boss funding that trip, uh, Temba, it was purely because I had gone to him and said, um, you know, I think I'm not adding value to this organization anymore because I had reached the apex of, uh, of Jiwe Holdings, the company, the holding company of all his companies. What is it called? Jiwe Holdings. Mm -hmm. So Jiwe Holdings was into, or is into mining, it's into proper development, uh, and, and it's, it's into uh, technology as well. So what, what, what then happened is when I went to my boss intending to resign, he then said to me, look, young man, I like you. You're leaving me. Where exactly are you going to go? Then I said to him, you know what, boss, I'm, I'm not too sure, uh, but I, I just feel like I'm not, you know, adding as much value as I used to at some point. Then he says to me, why don't you research what you want to do? Come and pitch it to me and then see if I would like to partner. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's park it there. Research, come back to me, see if I'd want to partner. But I want to go to the point where you say, boss, I'm not adding value. What does that mean? So in any journey, in any organization, as an individual, you want to be able to really feel that you're making an impact in the organization and you, you are, to a certain extent, the change or the consistency in some instances that you want to see. In my case, um, I had contributed as initially as a finance director and then I had also contributed as a managing director at a very tender age. How um, old were you? How tender was that age? So I was 24, wow. 24 at that time. Um, so when, when I went to him to, 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 to tender my resignation, 
I then, he then says, okay, you can go to the Canton Fair. I'd always wanted to go to the Canton Fair. The Canton Fair. Was this your way of going to the Canton Fair or you were actually <laughs> resigning? <laughs> My intention was purely to resign. Yeah. Um, but when he then offered me to go to the Canton Fair, you know, being young and impressionable and your boss is going out of his way to accommodate one of your bucket list things, I then got to a point, I said, okay, if you can fund me to go to the, fun, go to the Canton Fair with one of my friends, then I'll come back to you with my business proposal. So I went to the Canton Fair, I was at the Canton Fair in Guangzhou for, for two weeks. When I came back, I came back with a catalog, with a suitcase full of catalogs. I was, uh, I was a bit confused, but um, what actually helped me was one of my friends, the one, one of the friends that I went to, Praise, he's still a very close friend of mine. What's uh, his full name? Praise Mazingira. Mm -hmm. when, I, when I went to the country with Praise, we then uh, went to see uh, one of the, uh, the factories that manufacture um, induction furnaces. And the idea to go and research on induction furnaces had come from the fact that we were now running Jetmaster Engineering on a part-time basis. So we had come across a lot of scrap metal. And Praise is very studious. Mm -hmm. He'd always say to me, look, why are we selling this scrap metal instead of value adding on it? What is it that people are doing with this scrap metal <laughs> that we can't do ourselves? I like those questions, yeah? So it, 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 it kind of uh, triggered something in me to say, okay, what, what, what business are these people doing with this scrap metal? So when we went to Canton Fair, we went and looked for prices for induction furnaces, prices for rolling mills. We went to a province called Foshan in China. And funded by your boss. Funded my, by my boss. And your boss is, we, we need to acknowledge it. Temba Shongwani. Temba Shongwani. Wow. Well done, Temba Shongwani. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we then uh, basically came up with a, with a business plan, also in China. By the time that we, we came back, um, we, I went to my, my boss and said, look. Temba Shongwani. Temba Shongwani, yes. I went to Temba Shongwani and then I said to him, we need uh, money to buy the induction furnace. We need money to buy the scrap metal and the different raw materials that we would need. But we also need a premises. Through his contacts, we managed to find a factory, um, an idle plant in, in Rua, uh, for which he then funded the business 100%. And he then says, okay, um, I'm just a shareholder, a selling shareholder in, in, in Mamela Metals, 70% shareholder. Because it's your idea, I'm going to give you 30%. And I became the founder and managing director of Mamela Metals at the age of 24. And we set it up nicely. We started producing uh, deformed parts from, uh, from Mamela Metals. Um, this was 2014. Mm -hmm. Then uh, load shedding uh, got introduced in 2014. And this business, you know, when you're running an induction furnace. You need lots of power. It needs lots of power. So we were basically pushed out of business because of load shedding. And then I said to myself, what can I do to ensure that I run? Initially, the plan was to find a solution to run the induction furnaces. I thought I would be able to run, uh, to build a, a solar power plant uh, and run the induction furnace. I soon realized that I actually needed a farm, you know, a mini farm to... To, to because of the amount of power this place was consumed. Exactly. And and by the time that I did the research, I went back to my boss. Fortunately, we were able to sell off the uh, raw materials and everything. And I was able to settle mm -hmm. uh, him in terms of his capital contribution. What, what lessons did you learn from that experience? You get into this, you're excited, you've just come from China, and suddenly the environment changes. So there are a couple of lessons in the travel. Number one, um, lesson number one is exposure. When I went to China, I got exposed to the technology that uh, was being used in, in this particular line of business. Number two, the lesson that I learned is the challenges that we face in an environment are the opportunities. I faced the That's challenge- powerful, that. Yes, I faced the challenge in, in, in the sense that I needed power to power these induction furnaces. Eventually, I landed up where I am today, which is, which is in the renewable energy space. Wow. So you shut down Mamela um, Metals? Sadly, yes. We, I, I had to. Uh, but another door opens. Another door opens. So after Mamela Metals, I then started researching more and more into solar and renewable energy. 
And whilst I was working for Temba as well, he had introduced me to a certain lady, Tule Leneye. Tule is now based in Kenya. And Tule had moved uh, from Jiro Holdings to go to work for Solar Art. Solar Art was, uh, uh, Solar Art is, was, was the company that was awarded the contract to do the bulk of the pre electricity prepaid meters. Mm -hmm. But they were a power and electrical uh, engineering firm at the core. So when Tule started working for, for Solar Art, that's the time that I was also living with Mela Metals. And I was a bit confused in terms of what my next move would be. I just knew that I had to do research in terms of how to make electricity. And then I called Tule, and then Tule says to me, you know what, Tap, funny enough, I'm working for a power and electrical engineering company. I think there are lessons to be learned here. Why don't you come and join me as my finance director for one of the subsidiaries? And in, a, in instantly I said to Tule, of course, I'll come and join you any day. One of the reasons why I actually joined Tule um, was because Tule, she's always going to, to Ivy League schools. I never got the opportunity to go to Ivy League schools. And when I worked with Tule briefly, uh, she was actually supposed to come and be my boss at Jiro Holdings at some point. She said to me, Tough, you know, I like you. You're a diamond, but you're a rough diamond. You, you need a <laughs> bit of polishing. <laughs> so it was an opportunity for me to go and get polished. Mm -hmm. I needed to learn the lessons uh, that Tula had learned while she was going through her paces in all these Ivy League schools. Tula's father is Mungai. Yes. Mungai Lene, yes. former World Bank. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, mm. yes. So... So that's why I said initially, connecting the dots going forward is, is impossible. But now that I'm sitting here, in hindsight, I can connect the dots going back. So um, I joined Solar Heart. Um, the company that I joined Solar Heart for was called Event. Mm -hmm. Event had uh, won the, the tender to do the prepaid uh, tokens for, 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 the, for electricity. That's tender somehow, somewhat, got uh, controversial taken away from, from Solar Art. And in no time, I was almost being threatened uh, of unemployment yet again. <laughs> so then, um, because uh, Tinashe Nete, the CEO of, of, of Solar Art, took a liking towards me, he then says to me, okay, I think I'm going to call up to you into the uh, main business into the, the parent company, Solar Heart. So I joined Solar Heart uh, in the business development uh, department, working under Tule. And when I started working for, for Solar Heart, I, I worked for Solar Heart for a very, very short period of time. I think it was for six months. I think that this was God's way of, of making me meet certain people, learn certain lessons that has helped me to get to this particular point. It was just grace, mm. uh, you know, that I just found myself there. Um, so when I joined uh, Solar Art in the business development uh, department, part of what Tinashe said to me, he says, young man, I'm going to mentor you. You've got so much potential, but I want you to go through each and every one of the departments that we've got and come back to me and tell me how we can add value to this organization. And I found myself sitting uh, on Petros Kazungu. Petros Kazungu is my, is my co-founder and partner in Sogas Energy today. And when I sat on Petros Kazungu's desk, desk he, was, um, he was sitting with a portfolio worth 300 million of projects. He had been the administrator of the prepayment metering project. And uh, he had also done the pre-development uh, application, pre-development phase of the Plum Solar, uh, Solar IPP license. He'd also done the pre-development and application of Tokem Kosi Hydro, uh, which is another IPP license. When I sit with this guy. With educators, what does IPP mean for people at home? Independent power producer. Okay. So when I sat with, uh, with Petros going through his portfolio, I was amazed with how and what this guy had been able to achieve under the leadership of, of, of Nationality and Mr. Masola, Bulukani Masola. And I said to him, look, do you understand the impact of the work that you're doing sitting behind a desk? Mm -hmm. At that particular point in time, he didn't understand it. And Petrus has always been a back, off, back office uh, kind of guy. 
he, he, he didn't truly and really understand from an entrepreneurial point of view, mm. the impact of the work that he was doing uh, would be. And then I said to him, look, I would like you and me to start a business. Uh, fortunately, by, the, by that time, I hadn't signed a contract and I had no non-compete. And I said to him, look, I want you to be my partner in my next venture. We need to be an independent power producer. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the birth of, uh, of soul gas. So, so guys, we started it off. Um, I immediately resigned because I had the resolve and I knew then and then that this is exactly what I want to do. How, how, how did you know then and then this is what you want to do? Talk to us about that because many of us get to these intersections of life and we are, we are confused. We don't know where to go. How did you know that this is where, what I want to do? So Trevor, you know, the challenges that I'd faced prior to getting to that point were all pointing to, toward, towards that particular point. I had had a business that failed because of electricity. And I had met a guy who knew exactly what it took to get licensed to be an independent power producer and produce power and address the challenges that we were facing as a country at that particular point in time. Mm. We were going through load shedding mm-hmm. in 2014. Mm-hmm. It, it was clear for anyone to see that you know, there's, a, there, there's a gap in the market. Mm-hmm. Someone has got to make money host addressing this, this, crisis. this crisis, this particular challenge. So it was a no-brainer, really. Mm-hmm. And by that time... I'm, I'm going to hold you there. No-brainer. Um, you are in, at an intersection of your life. But you're clear about where you want to go. Uh, we're going to take a break. Um, please don't go away. When we come back, uh, we're going to get into um, uh, Tafazo's journey into the solar space. See you on the other side. Just trust God. Believe. Trust God. And be actively engaged in the process. Imagine getting free access to the Newsday, the Standard, the Zimbabwe Independent, and the Weekly Digest for a full month. Well, you can, and all you need to do is download the Newsday e-reader app on Google Play Store or scan the Newsday QR code in any of the AMH print publications and start enjoying the quality content. Welcome back to our conversation with uh, Tafadzo Amundicha, the co-founder of Solgas Energy. So Tafadzo, twice we've spoken about joining the dots, going backwards. And twice I've heard you talk about the grace of God and what God wants you to do. And my question is, when you're joining the dots going backwards, what is your life telling you? What are these dots telling you about where you're going and where you are? To be honest, Trevor, um, the, joining the dots going backwards, it makes me regret some of the prayers that I used to have. <laughs> I didn't expect that answer, but that's interesting, yeah? You know, as a kid, um, going through certain things growing up, um, like everyone else, I would pray. At some point in my life, my prayers were asking God, why? Why am I in this situation? Why am I not getting the opportunities that some of my peers are getting? Um, and now that I'm sitting here, I'm truly, truly grateful for what I've gone through. I'm truly grateful for, for God's grace because God prepared me all along the way to get to this particular juncture. And he told me in my, in, in my dreams or your prayers, in my prayers, I wouldn't have been able to comprehend what was lying ahead. But now that I'm sitting here, looking backwards, I'm truly, truly in awe mm. of his works and what he's done with, with my life. To be honest, Trevor, mm. I don't deserve to be sitting here. Wow. 
I don't deserve to be sitting why? here. Why? 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 Why are you saying that? I'm saying that looking at it from a point of view that there's a, there's a way of life that I thought I wanted back then. For example, I wanted uh, my mother to be able to witness um, some of the joys that I go through now. I almost called it success, but I don't believe I'm, yet su I'm successful yet. I believe there's a lot that God in, God has in store for, for me. There's a lot, much more impact that I'm supposed to deliver, not only for them, but uh, for the Pan-African space because of the lessons, because of the, uh, the experience that I've had at such a tender age. You know, when I, one of the things that, that, were, that was really, really difficult for me to do was to write my bio. After my training as an article clerk, I never made a CV. I never made a bio. All the opportunities that I got, I got them from you know referrals, from the work that I, that, I, that I've been doing. Why it was difficult for me to write a bio for this show was because it's the first time that I've had to do it in twelve years. And can I be honest with you, your bio didn't make sense, but you make so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> you make so much sense and as I was reading about I'm like wow why am I sitting down with this guy but Elif Gulander will say it he's a man of substance and I'm seeing the substance coming out now I must ask you this when you look back joining the dots going backwards regretting some of the prayers that you prayed what does this mean for you where you are now and going forward it just means that I, I was just simply supposed to trust God and trust the process. And this is the message, you know, just trust God, believe, trust God and be actively engaged in the process. Mm -hmm. That's powerful that. So you, you founded Solgas, like we say, 2015, you're 27 years old. You're 27 years old. You're now 35. You got funding from? Old Mutual Life Assurance Company. Wow. Talk to me about that. So 100%. 100% funding. So what happened is um, by the time that I started Solgas, I had a bit of savings uh, and I was debating whether I should buy my first house, you know, as a young man. And then I thought to myself, if I buy a house today, I'm probably going to buy a house with all the, the money that I've got. And then I'm going to be tempted to stay in the house. And this house, in the sense of rich dead, poor dead, is not an asset, mm -hmm. you know? It's, um, it's a liability because I'm going to need to maintain this property. Then I said to myself, I probably should, should uh, invest in a, in a cash generating asset. So that was the conviction to say, you know, the little funding that I had, mm -hmm. I'm going to put it all into being an in independent power producer. By the time that I started funding Soul Gas, I'd put my skin in the game. I'd put the oral of everything that I had into the entity. We got licensed in February 2016. And by the end of 2016, we had signed our power purchase agreements with Zerichi DC hmm. because of the experience that Petros had in dealing with these matters, in going through yeah. these spaces. I'd partnered with the right guy. You knew exactly what it took. Mm -hmm. After we got licensed, like, you know, any naive young man, I thought the, the millions would come in rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, I, I got a rude awakening. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that rude awakening. You know, the belief was that once we've got our power purchase agreement, we're licensed, we've got a tariff, some investor, some foreign investor would then say, okay, guys, you've put in 300,000 US dollars into this thing. I'm going to offer you $2 million. Mm -hmm. The process of raising funding for soil gas was one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life. Mm. Uh, before meeting Old Mutual, I think I had meetings with five different investors, all foreign investors. And they all kept on asking me the questions around, 
country risk around foreign currency uh, convertibility. Questions with, which were very hard to answer 2017 coming towards where because we are. Because of what is happening in the country. Because of the, the economic mm. challenges that mm. we are facing as a country. Mm. It then kind of forced us to say, okay, but maybe there is a way of funding this thing locally. We got in touch with Old Mutual through our transaction advisors then, ANF Capital. Um, and Old Mutual then, say, then said, okay, we're going to do a due diligence on you. Part of the due diligence uh, quest, uh, forms was um, I had to declare the assets that I had. I remember myself and Petros putting zeros because then the car that I was driving was, you know, worn out. It had gone beyond its its useful life. That's what I had. Uh, what I had. Uh, what I owned at that particular juncture. And but you had put money in the business. I had put money in, into the mm. business. And I must commend Old Mucho for taking such a bold step. By then I was 29. You know, Old Mucho, they're one of the most uh, prudent investors that you can come across in, in Zim. After the due diligence, to be honest, a part of us just thought, ah, you know, we probably don't know. I'm not going to make it. You know, we don't have reputational risk. Why would they invest in young guys? I mean, if they if they gave us a million dollars a day, what if we bolt with that money? You know, they would rather invest in in Trevor, who's got a reputational risk. You know, who's been around for years, who's got something to lose in the event that you know things go things go left. Mm -hmm. To our surprise. Old said, look, we're going to take a leap of faith on you guys. Um, in as much as you're young, you've structured your things well, and there's no political risk or whatever risk associated with you. As long as you're passionate about this industry, and you've also kind of proven to us that you're passionate because you've literally put in everything that you've got. By that time, Trevor, Remember, I had left employment in 2015. Yeah. This is two, three years down the line. I'm working on Sogas full time. No salary whatsoever. I could barely afford to pay rentals where I was staying. I was, in fact, I was actually living uh, in, a, in a property that I'd failed to pay rent for. And a good wisher, a well-wisher had, had, had actually said, you know what, I believe in your, in your dreams. You can stay in my property. When, wow. when your project comes to life, you then pay the rental. Mm. That's Exodus Makumba. I used to stay in Madokero. Wow. I stayed in one of his demo houses for free for eight months <laughs> because I approached him with my file, my Sogas file. And he says to me, young man, you remind me of my days when I was studying Premier Bank. I had a dream and I was as passionate as you are. And where I'm sitting now, I know exactly where you're going, mm. but you don't know where you're mm. going. Mm. So I'm just going to let you stay in my house for free. He called the, the lady who was managing the property and said, look, don't call this young, young man uh, for the next however period of time. So you've had many people holding your hand, True. helping you. What has that taught you? Trevor, I've always been everyone's child. Ever since I lost my mom when I was 14 years old, you know, being, not knowing where, who's going to pay the, the next, uh, next time school fees, uh, not knowing where I'm going to be staying, it's something that had, that had become a part of my life. Mm -hmm. um, but again, at that particular point in time, I didn't know uh, that these people would have so much impact. They would believe in me as much as they have, you know, uh, again, connecting the, the dots, dots going, going backwards. Back mm -hmm. Now, talk to us about Solgas. So it's established. First of all, how, how exciting was it to get the word from Old Mutual that they were going to back you? So Old Mutual signed, they signed a term sheet with us in November 2017. I remember that day vividly. I wore my best suit. <laughs> I thought there was going to be a ceremony. 
Because these guys were investing in us. Are know? they coming in as shareholders or this is just uh, loan funding or what is it? It's a mixture. It's a mixture in finance, okay. uh, sh- uh, shareholding and, okay. and, and debt funding as well. Okay. Yeah, so there's a loan, loan component and they are also an equity partner mm-hmm. in the business. They're going to be equity partners until when? For how long? For the duration of the, of the license, 25 years. 25 years. Yes. So what does Solgas look like now? Talk, break it down to us. What is it? What does it look like? What projects are you into? How many people are you employing? Tell us the story. So Solgas is, um, in Solgas I've got two other partners. Um, there's Petros Kazungu, who is the chief operations officer. Mm-hmm. There's Kingston Kamba, who is the chief executive officer. Mm-hmm. Kingston joined Solgas roughly about a year later. Uh, as the chief executive officer. I was the first CEO of Solgas, but because I was young, remember, walking into all these uh, ministers' offices, looking for national project status, they would ask me, young man, you really are going to make electricity? You know, <laughs> do you know, do you understand what you want to do? So, so this ages made you decide to retreat a bit? I had to step back yeah. and, 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 get, and Kingston came on board um, as the CEO. Uh, because he's a bit more yeah, mature, yeah. Uh, mature in terms Almost of age like and what experience. Google, the Google guys did, isn't it? At some yes. point, they decided Eric Schmidt needs to come over because shareholders and investors were were not very familiar, were not comfortable with young yes. young guys. Yeah, yes. tell your story. Yeah? So then Kingston assumed the role of CEO. Um, he also sits on the on, on the on the board of directors for Stan Big Bank. Okay, so. That's that's the the executive. Yeah. So the executive is, is Kingston CEO, uh, myself C- CFO, Petros uh, COO. Then we've got uh, Old Mucho. Old Mucho, they have got two non-executive directors on on the board of directors of Solgas. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now we are operating uh, the second biggest utility scale solar power plant in the country. It's a five megawatt uh, solar power plant in Wange at Cross Mabale. Mm-hmm. We've been feeding power into the national grid for the past 19 months now. And um, prior to to feeding, we were actually the biggest IPP feeding through the solar technology. Wow. What, is, uh, what that has taught us, uh, it has taught us a lot of uh, self-belief, individually as, as, as directors. Yeah. It has also taught us the importance of uh, having the right partner. They... Power industry or the infrastructure space generally requires ca- patient capital. Yeah. The fact that we've partnered with Old Mutual has allowed us to have solid partners because they are not looking to make money in the in the short term. They are really investing in the long term um, aspects of the mm. of the business. Mm. So to them, it's it's like a twenty five year bond where they're just putting pensioners money. And this money is giving them a steady return over the mm. next 25 years. On the other side, uh, on our side as, as, as Solgas Energy, the three executives, remember we are skinny, hungry dogs. <laughs> <laughs> We've got families to feed now. Yeah. This partnership has now allowed us to focus on our core strength as developers. Mm-hmm. So we're now developing more projects, not only in Zim, but across the Pan-African space. Mm-hmm. As I'm speaking to you now, we've started our development process in Uganda. Mm. We've also started our development process in uh, in Zambia. Mm-hmm. And we are trying to cut our teeth in, in South Africa. Mm. You say your vision is to deploy a thousand megawatts uh, of solar plants um, all across 10 African countries in five years. How far are you from, from that vision are you? So look, we are as far as funding is 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 is, is concerned. Yeah, I'll I'll explain further. So building a one megawatt solar plant is exactly like building a hundred megawatt solar power plant. Mm. The process is the same. So when you're talking to foreign investors, you find that they tend to want the bigger size power plants because the effort is is, is the, the same. same. You know, so for them, they then look at the return on investment and the. Um, number of hours that they're putting into the development process itself. So because we've done our proof of concept at a level of five megawatts, we know exactly what it takes to do a thousand megawatts. Mm. The only reason why we're not sitting at a thousand megawatts is because we're in the process of raising the funding. 
right. and doing the development work across the 10 different African countries. Mm. Our story as Solgas is special in the sense that... Our story as Solgas, I'll stop you there. We're going to take a break and uh, don't go away. Um, don't miss out on the story uh, of uh, Solgas and uh, Tafaza's ambition to go onto the continent. What an amazing story. See you on the other side. At some point, we were almost impacting every family in some way in the Mabale community because it's a community of about 4,000 wow. 4, people. Welcome back to our conversation with uh, Tafadwa Mundicha, the co-founder of Solgas. So le let's drill down now into the Solgas story. And I want you to help the people at home understand what it takes to put a solar plant together. What goes into this? You've got the partners right now in terms of all mutual and these other shareholders that you have. What is, what is it that then needed to build the solar plant? Five Five megawatts. Megawatts. Yes. <clears throat> Thank you, Trevor. So what goes into making a, a solar power plant? Um, first and foremost, you need to have the right structure in place. Mm -hmm. In order for you to, to attract the, the right funding partner, you need to have the right people in, in the specific uh, right. places. The talent. The talent. In our case, um, we've got uh, Petros, who's... Who's, who's, who's leading the operations? He's experienced enough. He's done PPM and metering project in the electricity space. Uh, excelled very well in that. We've got Kingston. Kingston has been is um, very good in terms of risk and governance. Mm -hmm. he used to work for the NHS in the in the UK. Now he sits on the board of uh, of Stanbig and he chairs the the, the risk committee. Mm -hmm. And then there's just Tafazo, who's who's, uh, who's who's just an entrepreneur, the yeah. guy with uh, the crazy the, ideas. the crazy ideas. So uh, in our partnership, um, Kingston plays the role of you know assessing uh, the risk and the governance structures, mm -hmm. um, and you know kind of uh, bringing calmness to the to the to the, to the madness to the organization. Petros is uh, the back end. He, he, he produces the the documents, and I'm the I'm the face of the of the company. You're the dreamer. I'm the dreamer. I can knock on doors, talk to people, yeah. uh, stammer through conversations, and and and, and get the money. Mm. But putting together a solar power plant. Uh, so we've spoken about um, about uh, an ideal team. Yeah, we need to have the land. Uh, you approach owners of the land. Zim is is, is endowed with so much uh, so much land, and in our case, we we partnered with the Wangai Road Seed Council. Uh -huh. uh, we approached them for a 99 year lease. It's state state land. Um, after you've got the land, you then need to have. How big is this land that you own? It's it's a hundred hectare piece of land. Okay. Uh, but right now we're utilizing 13 hectares of okay. the hundred hectares. We logged in 100 hectares because we've got future expansion phases. Mm -hmm. Our intention at Cross Mobile is to get to 50 megawatts. Mm. We've started off with five. Um, now we're in the second phase, adding 10 to the first five to make it 15. From 15, we're going to add 15 to make it 30. Mm -hmm. Then we add 20 to make it 50. Mm. In terms of the technology, you need to go for tier one. Tell me, 50 megawatts, what does that look like? What does it do? So... 50 megawatts to put put into into context you're looking at um, power that can probably feed uh, uh, i'll say circa around seventy-five thousand to 100,000 households mm -hmm. av average uh, average households so this is your typical town um, relatively mid-sized town mm -hmm. so the idea is the more we're, we're able to build this solar power plants in different uh, locations across the 10 provinces of Zim in the context of Zim, then we're able to, to contribute, you know, to, to, to the, 
to the power that we need. Currently, to put things into context, mm -hmm. in Zim, we are importing between 100 megawatts to 650 megawatts mm -hmm. of electricity on a mm -hmm. daily basis. We are producing about between 900 megawatts to 1,200 megawatts on a daily basis right. internally. Yeah. Where the, and our peak demand is 1,750 megawatts. So the difference yeah. is, is 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 what we we're being load shared for. That's 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 the load shedding. Makes makes lots of sense. So any are youth planning to build uh, any uh, any other places apart from where you are right now in Wange and and what's the, what are the timelines for that? So our goal is to to try and build a solar power plant in every province, because we need to support the government in terms of the decentralization. We need to try and make sure that we create employment in all the 10 different provinces, preferably in rural areas. Mm -hmm. Why rural areas? Because uh, that's where we've got um, cheaper land. It's usually communal land, yeah. right? But we're also creating employment opportunities for the rural folk. We, try, we want to try and discourage uh, this idea that everyone flocks into Arare or Blawayo to, to, to find uh, opportunities to work. We intend to bring the work right at their doorstep. Mm. At Sorgas right now, we're employing uh, between 25 to 30, to 30 people. In Mabale, uh, we're employing about 20 people. Uh, these are people that, you know, were not skilled, that we've had to upskill and train. We, we train these people throughout when we're constructing the power plants. Mm. At the peak of construction in Wange, we had 350 people working for us. And in terms of the local GDP, the impact that that uh, has had is, you know, at some point we were almost impacting every family in some way in the Mabale community because it's a community of about 4,000 wow. 4, people. So if your son or if your mother is not working for us or somehow... That's a beautiful story that. Yes. That's a, tell me, the, what about the uh, this issue on, um, correct me if I'm wrong, your, your, your carbon credits and offsets and so forth. Are you in that space already? I know you're focusing on UN, UN uh, SDGs. Yes, so in terms of carbon credits, we have engaged uh, quite a number of international partners to try and register, <coughs> try and register our, our carbon credits. You see, Zim uh, is is quite secluded when it comes to certain uh, certain things because of uh, this, uh, what I like to call perceived uh, country mm, country, risks, risk. country risk. So international players they just shy away from from Zim. Some don't even believe we've got you know, solar power plants that are operating in the country. So they, when we started talking to, to, to these international partners, they are now supposed, they are yet to come for, for the due diligence, for the audit. They need to come and audit to see for sure that you've got a, a power plant. To that's, claim uh, carbon credits. To claim carbon credits. But that's a good um, uh, source of revenue. And it's a good uh, source of capital as well moving forward. Because carbon credits now, the last time that I checked, uh, they were ranging between 12 euro to 15 euro mm. for each carbon credit. Wow. And currently at Solgas, we're generating about 10,000. That's uh, good money for you, yeah, if 10, it comes through. Yes. The, the other thing is, is it true that Matebelian South and North are ideally switch, uh, situated for uh, solar power? So and, and why is that so? So Region 5, uh, Region 5 in general. Uh, so. So with solar, there's irradiation. So we measure, we measure the amount of power that we can generate on a solar panel through irradiation. So Region 5 is north of 2,200 uh, per square meter in terms of the amount of uh, power that we can yield per irradiation-wise. Mm -hmm. So the, 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 some of the best places to, to put up power plants, for example, your plum tree, your blower, that's where you've got the ideal. It, it's not about, there's a general misconception, by the way. Let's that, correct it. That there's a, solar is about, is about the, sun, the, the amount of heat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it, it's actually about the irradiation. So irradiation is a combination of light, it's a combination of humidity, and all these weather, weather conditions. And the perfect, perfect weather conditions in Zim for solar, they lie between Blawayo plum tree, thereabouts. Wow. Yes. Wow. So there's, there's, there's a point. Are we taking advantage of that as a country? We, so there the are licensed players in Bulao and in Plumtree. 
Um, but those IPPs, have, have, uh, I'm sure they're facing uh, challenges, challenges in terms of raising funding. Yeah. So part of what we're doing in Sorgas as well is we're moving into partner with fellow independent power producers to try and move their projects from being greenfield because it's very difficult to attract funding for a greenfield, mm. to move them towards being brownfield. Mm -hmm. So take for example- You're now brownfield. We're now brownfield. Take for example, a project in Plumtree. We can partner with the project in Plumtree um, and we call it Soga C. When an investor is coming to look at, um, at, at, at the opportunity in Plumtree, we first take them to Wange and say, this is Soga A. This is where we built the first power plant. Right, and this is now expansion, mm -hmm. but in a different geographical location. Mm -hmm. So what that does, it takes away the anxieties around management of funds mm -hmm. and all of those things. Track record, track reputation, record, reputation yeah. that any funder or investor would 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 have anxieties around. Mm -hmm. Tell me, as you sit there, what is it that you need, politically, economically, financially? to ratchet you to this 1,000 megawatts that you are trying to aim at, what is it that would be ideal to catapult your business to the next space? So Trevor, right now we are in a power crisis. We're experiencing load shedding in certain areas over 12 hours in, in a single day. It pains me that Soul gas is a proof of concept. Hmm. It's locally funded by Old Mutual. Wow. And we've been able to feed power for the past 19 months without any incidences. Where we are now is we just need the right amount of support from the government. The government has been supportive uh, in a way, but I think there has to be a considered effort to say well, what 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 do you want from the government so what we need from from uh, from the government is we need the government to simply say to 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 guys like us like so guys part of the the payments that you're getting for your power we're going to pay for this power in us dollars uh -huh. you know trevor every time they're importing power from edm from escom we're actually paying independent power producers sitting in South Africa, in Mozambique, US, US dollars. in US dollars. And we're denying that chance to people like you, to Tafazwa. Mm. So when Tafazwa is paid, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to be paid 100% in, 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 in USD. I just want to be able to, how much to buy the pay, How much are you paid in USD right now? Zero. Zero. We get paid in, in Zim dollars. Mm. But th this has affected our, our expansion in the mm. sense that in order for me to buy the equipment, I need to buy the equipment yeah. using US dollars. It makes sense because we are already importing yes. from uh, um, foreign IPPs yes. uh, in US dollars. Surely, why not incentivize the local players by paying them in Forex? Exactly. Are you getting traction? We look now that we're in a power crisis, the authorities be are listening. Yeah. But I think what's needed is just to have people in the same room yeah. Yeah. And, and, and just agree on these things. Yes, there's, there's the auction, but the auction has got its own challenges. Yeah. You know? yeah. Anything else that you need from anybody? People are watching you. So the, the, the other bit that we, that we need is we also need the, 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 as local IPPs to partner and collaborate. There's this element of comp competition and which is which is not necessary. Sounds like you're talking about Zimbabwe, hey? Yes. <laughs> people, people, Trevor, compete yeah. unnecessar unnecessarily. unnecessarily. Why not collaborate? During during the solar week, I had um, a ten minute presentation where I spoke about primarily this. I was saying, guys, as IPPs, I'm not competing with someone who's trying to generate power in Chivu or Chiredzi. I would rather collaborate with them. And, be, and we come and have a realistic conversation to say, your expectations of making a million dollars from a, from a megawatt as a premium, they're, they're, they're unfounded. Mm -hmm. the, the reality Where is the pushback against that collaboration? To be honest, it, Trevor, it, 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 it really baffles me. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's just a general lack of... Uh, uh, cohesion amongst um, you know what i call it mm. i call it the um the the syndrome of uh 
Trevor Ngube and Sun, oh. Trevor Ngube and Associates, mm. um, not realizing that there is actually more potential for us collaborating and not being afraid of imaginary um, uh, competition, things, yeah, competition. Mm. And, and yet if we pull our resources together, the potential for us to be bigger is, is huge. Anything else you would want to see happening in the space? I think the look in terms of regulation, regulation is on yeah. point. I wouldn't say we've got any issues with the regulator. The the pain point really from an operational point of view is let's just get the the right color of money because that that's what's going to attract uh, investment into the sector. Yeah. Because the, our GDP as a country is directly related to the directly related to the amount of power that we're generating. Mm. There's so much uh, talk of the 12 billion mining, mining industry. But not without power. Not without power. Mm. Uh, and we are the guys that have done it. You know, we've, we've got boots on the proof ground. Proof of concept. We've got the proof of concept. And we're happy, more than happy yeah. to share. You know, uh, just last, last month or two months ago, uh, the Renewable Energy Conference was at Solgas. We were showing them how we've done it, you know, wow. uh, and we... We, we, we're as open as it gets mm -hmm. when it comes to collaboration, when it comes to technology, when it comes to even lessons that we've learned mm -hmm. throughout the process. Fascinating. You, you, you had one of our colleagues saying that uh, during the Renewable Energy Summit, they came to your plant and they thought that it was white people that are running it. I don't know whether that's a good thing or bad thing, but <laughs> there you are. Um, you lost your mother when you were young. Um, and... Um, Talk to me about where were you born? So, where did you go to school? Trevor, I grew up in, uh, in Chitungwiza. I went to Farai Primary School. Uh, I completed my, my primary Farai school. Farai Primary in Chitungwiza. In Chitungwiza, mm -hmm. yes. Uh, coincidentally, my mother also went to Farai Primary School. So, it's, a, it's sort of like a family, it was sort of like a family tradition type of thing. My, both my siblings, they also went to Farai Primary School. And uh, when I was informed to, uh, well, I, for my high school, I went to Mazori, the Mazori High School. When I was 14, I lost my mother. Mm. And losing my mother was devastating, Trevor. Mm. Um, because growing up, I was always a, a mama's boy. She was the voice of reason. She was the reason why I, up until that point, was a top class student. To put things into context, uh, I think the, the term before I lost my mom, I think I was number 19 or something, would be created uh, the whole stream, number 19 out of 123 students. Mm -hmm. The next term I was number 49. Wow. I became a, That's the impact that it had on you. I became a very average student. And from the time that I was 14 up until I finished my, my A-levels, um, I lost the voice of reason in, 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 the, in, in the form of my mother. And then my grandmother stepped in. But my grandmother, she's not, she didn't go to, to school. She was not very, uh, she was not uh, very conversant with what it is to have good grades and, 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 and all of that. But she just somehow believed in, in me and after I lost myself from 15 going forward, when I wrote my O-levels, I did quite okay. After the O-levels, I then tried to go back to Missouri. I couldn't because they, I, was, I was not given the combination that I wanted. That's the time that we were having a lot of issues with, uh, with Zimsec. So I, I then chose to, to go to ILSA. Ilsa, because I wanted to write my, my Cambridge and my, and my Zimsec. So that's where I wrote my, my A-levels from. That transition from losing a mother and learning to do things for yourself, I say for myself because my grandmother, she didn't understand mm. what it was. I, I to, get to, I get to. You know? And basically, I took myself from lower six and upper six I was self-schooling. Mm -hmm. I would spend my time at a, at, at a city library. I would, and people at home, they thought I was going to school, but I was just going to a city library and I would, wow. 
and um, I would read. Then I wrote my my, my Cambridge and my Zimsec with Ilsa. With Ilsa. Mm. After that, I then started doing my ACCA. My cousin of mine it, it, uh, at some point paid for for me to go to Africa University, but because I I didn't have the right tools tools in the sense that you know you're young, you're impressionable, yeah, you want yeah. to wear the fancy clothes like everyone else. So Africa University sounds sounded like a bad idea to me because I wouldn't be able to level up. And <laughs> <laughs> those uh, dreams of yours that you're talking about, yes, I those be, prayers. Yes. So this this is the period in time yeah. where I was asking God, uh, God, you know uh, that I was a mama's boy. Why did you have mm. to, you know, uh, let me go through this pain mm. of losing a mother at, 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 at such an age? And growing up, also, I, I was raped, I was raised by by my stepfather. Um, unfortunately, my stepfather passed on when I was in grade seven, um, and I never stayed with my dad. Uh, now I've you know kind of reconnected with my father, and we're building a, a relationship there. But yeah, it's it's it was um, the 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 tough environment um, staying with my with my grandparents in in Kowazana. Mm -hmm. uh, so. My grandfather is a strict uh, disciplinarian. So then at some point, I think I would like to believe I, I hated how, <laughs> how, tough how, how, how tough he was. But it also sh shaped me into the, into the man that I am today. Um, it kind of then put the, the values that made me soldier on and keep on you know, going. Uh, up it's until. a tough medicine that's good for us that we don't usually like, isn't it? Yes, yes, indeed yeah. it is. Yeah. So are you are you married? Yes, I'm. I'm, I'm married. Uh, Family? Yeah, I'm married. Uh, it's for now. It's just still myself, me and my wife. Okay. Uh, at my wedding last year in August. Oh, wonderful! Congratulations! Yeah. Thank you very much. And the reason why I married late <laughs> was because of August. I couldn't afford to pay Lobola to travel. <laughs> You were married to Soul Guys. <laughs> Before the dream was alive. Yeah. But I mean, my, my wife, she's been a, a huge, huge uh, part of the journey. Yeah. Um, I started dating her when she was at Rhodes University. And uh, part of the exposure that I got was the first flight that I actually went on was I was actually visiting my girlfriend then. She's one person who's always been really supportive. I've before getting married to her, I think I did it. I did it from twenty thirteen. Mm. Uh, at some point, you know, it's been a long journey. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah. it's been a long journey. Then let's let's um, play a fun game. Um, you were sounding too serious now. Um, <laughs> you play golf. Yes. What's your favorite golf course that you've played? I've played in, in Kigali. Mm. Uh, it's, uh, I think Kigali, is, it's, it, it, I, I believe it's got one or two golf courses only. So I've, I've, played, I've played, I'm forgetting the name of the, of the golf course. This was 2018. Mm. Mm. And um, book or movie, if you're left alone, would you read a book or watch a movie? If it's not a book, it's a documentary. documentary. Business documentary. Wow. The Man Who Builds America. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Beautiful. What's your favorite drink? Macallan. Mm. Macallan whiskey. Wow. Expensive stuff, eh? <laughs> um, if you were not into solar, what do you think you'd be doing? Probably between agriculture and, man and manufacturing mm. because of the impact. Yeah. Do you have a daily routine? No. What does it look like? Or you just get up and brush your teeth and off you go? I am a, I'm a member of the 5 a.m. clubs. So, All right. Yeah, so I do, well, I wake up quite early. Uh, I read. Uh, these days, not so much exercise. Uh, I read uh, mostly. After reading, I also... Why not so much exercise these days? So, to be honest, Trevor... I used to exercise a lot during COVID because of the fear of me, <laughs> fear of COVID. <laughs> but now um, it's 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 been mostly 
uh, University of YouTube and okay. reading. Okay. Yes. Okay. And what do you do for your downtime? For my, for my, for my downtime, now I barely have any, uh, because when when in electricity crisis mm. and the opportunities are, you know, opportunities they've got a window. Yeah. And I believe that that this is the time to utilize this this window that we've got in the in the crisis. So most of my time, I'm either researching on the latest technology mm. in the renewable energy space, or I'm on YouTube learning new skills, mm. um, skills like uh, you know public speaking. I'm not I'm not very <laughs> even though. I've been. You're being asked now to speak at public at, at public forums, eh? Yes, yes. You brought me these two books. We're going, we're going to go to uh, to the book section. You brought me two books. Why did you choose the two books for me? Primarily because uh, Trevor, we need to also promote uh, local writers. Uh, the Wheel of Time. That's um, Dr. Rhinos Mauta. Mm -hmm. um, and we also need to encourage the culture of writing. Yeah. I salute Dr. Rhinos Mawutza because to write, it, it's, it's one of those things that I... Discipline. It, it takes a lot of discipline, a lot of commitment yeah. uh, and dedication. let's turn to books now our viewers all over the world love books i love books myself i wouldn't be who i am without books what three books briefly have you read that you'd want to share with our book loving audience so in terms of self-help i've read uh, i mostly read bios i've read what it takes mm -hmm. uh stephen stephen a schwartzman mm -hmm. so the very first chapter go big there's a general misconception in business that uh, we should always we should always start start big, small start big business no, right, in a big right. way, but you can always start a big business, but starting small. Mm. So Soul Gas, for example, is a big business, like like we spoke about. We want to get to a thousand yeah. megawatts, but it the same effort that it takes to do a one megawatt is the same development process to to get to a thousand megawatts. So the the lesson is whatever industry that you choose. You need to choose an industry that's scalable so that you can really uh, become more efficient and more committed to that particular industry mm. and become a titan in that mm. particular industry. So that's the first book, the second first, book? The second book has got to do with my journey now in Solgas Energy. It's called uh, Blackout, the ESCOM Crisis. Mm. So Blackout is a book that was written by James Trent uh, Stain. I remember on my journey, in the in the Sorgas journey, I used to argue quite a lot with the then electricity trading manager. Uh, his name was his name is Mr. Mashiri. Mm -hmm. I think he's now with the World Bank. And the reason our, our we were arguing from valid uh, points of view, and then I thought to myself, I've read this book. I bought copies of this book, and then I and, and I gave him a copy. After I gave Mr. Mashida a copy of this book, we became the best of friends. Our arguments became <laughs> <laughs> aligned. And I've, I've also given a copy uh, to the current uh, MD of ZDDC, Engineer Choga. Fantastic. Because it's important yeah. to shape the, the industry. Books are amazing. Yeah. Yes. Your second book? <clears throat> the third the, book, so your the, third book, my apologies. The third book is, is The 5AM Club. All right. Robin Sharma. Yeah. So that book took me on a, on a spiritual journey. The, my character in nature is the entrepreneur in the 5AM club. It really provoked in me the reason why I started Soul Gas. I started Soul Gas because I was angry at the world. It was from an anger point of view. I needed to prove a point to the world that uh, I'm that child uh, who has had so many difficulties in between, but look at our, look at where, where I am now. But after reading the 5AM Club and after going through the journey of the entrepreneur, I then got to realize you can start a business with anger as your motivation, but that business is not going to last long. But the moment that you learn 
to use love as the motivation. You, you become more compassionate towards your employees, towards your stakeholders, your customers, and people can relate to you. And the impact of love transcends beyond absolutely beyond what you, you, you know. Imagine. It's amazing you say that <clears throat> because I've learned, and I say this to a lot of people: never start an enterprise from a negative standpoint. Never start something because you want revenge or you want to show off. It's got to be beauty. It's got to be love. Because how many times do you get up angry? <laughs> Wanting to prove something. And yet love is a natural thing. Um, Tafazo, what a story. What a story. Like I said, I'll repeat it. Hey, Your bio well, you know, almost put me off. But what a story you've got. What an amazing story. Thank you very much, Trevor. I have no doubt that it's going to inspire a lot of people out there. But much more importantly, that within the seed of what you've started, there's a big Pan-African vision um, whose the opportunities are huge for you. So we wish you all the very best and thank you for creating the time. You say you don't have downtime, but you created time to be here for an hour. So thank you so much, Hey. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. It's such an honor to be here. Fantastic. Allow me to tend to our viewers who are all over the world. We love your comments. We love your support. Um, remember, we are a weekly show. We are out every Monday, uh, 7 a.m. Central African time to ensure you don't miss out on any of these quality conversations such as the one I've had with Tafazo here. Please click on this red button and subscribe. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications anytime we have one of these quality conversations. We've gone a step further, by the way, to so that you don't miss out. We've created uh, podcasts which sit on our website. Um, they are there from the first one to where we are right now, almost 140-something uh, podcasts for your listening pleasure. Go to our website, click for your listening pleasure. Thank you so much for your support. We read your comments, keep them coming, and we love your suggestions as to who should be sitting across me there. Until next time, cheers to you all.